your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello, this is Catherine with your positive imprint. <laughs> well, I am coming to you from Idaho, the state of Idaho in the United States. And if listeners don't know where that is, it's in northwestern United States on the border of Canada. So hello to all of my Canadian listeners. Well, my family, we are here for our niece's wedding. <laughs> so excited about that. And we are also here to welcome our brand new niece into the family who's now about a month and 10 days old. So it's been an exciting journey. Well, you are listening to part one of Paralysis, Hot Tears, Forever Hope with Cody Unser. Thanks for listening. Your positive imprint. What's your PI? Hello, this is Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive achievements inspire positive thought and action. Exceptional people rising to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. Check out his music and learn more about him at chrisknoll.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E dot com. You can also listen to his music on Spotify and Pandora. Well, a listener asked me to remind my listeners that sanitizer is flammable. I have many listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, and you will be entering the summer season soon. Be careful about storing hand sanitizer in cars and trailers. Thank you, Janice C., for your feedback, and I appreciate you listening and caring about our global community. I have posted a video podcast on my YouTube channel, Your Positive Imprint. It's about the legacy of my dad and his life lessons raising me. That's Navigator Roger E. Sanchez. Well, Bernie of Tundra Tours in Norway is open for guided adventures and kiting courses. Book your experience with Bernie today at tundratours.n. Oh, again, that's tundratours.no, which is for Norway. You can learn more about Bernie on his website, or you can listen to episode 39, Tundra Tours, Step Outside, Explore Norway. Tundra Tours has tons of photos to check out on Instagram. And you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can subscribe to this podcast. You can also subscribe and follow my show from your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcast. Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc. You can leave feedback on my website or, of course, through email. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Now, the human spine has three major functions. Protect the spinal cord, provide structural support, and to enable flexible motion. When Cody Unser was 12 years old, her spine could no longer protect her spinal cord from transverse myelitis. Cody became paralyzed. Cody, along with her loving mom, Shelly, guided Cody away from what she calls hot 
tears into forever hope. That's so beautiful. That hope filled Cody with strength and determination. Cody and her mother worked together and founded the Cody Unser First Step Foundation to raise awareness, encourage medical collaboration, and improve the quality of life for those afflicted with transverse myelitis. With her renewed involvement in life, Cody later established through her foundation, Cody's Great Scuba Adventure, which is amazing. Scuba diving is used as a therapeutic and psychological tool for people living with disabilities. In fact, the documentary Sea of Change explores the neurological and physiological effects of scuba on a group of chosen paralyzed veterans. And Cody will talk more about this in just a moment. The producer of the movie is Emmy Award winner Chris Schuler. Cody also attended this premiere. Well, due to Cody's work with adaptive scuba diving, she recently got inducted into the Women Divers Hall of Fame, <laughs> making her the first woman with a disability to be recognized with this honor. <laughs> Yay, Cody! <laughs> Cody's positive imprints are to inspire and bring hope to people living with disabilities. There's so much to Cody Unser that I cannot get through it all in this introduction. But for Cody, paralysis may be the state of her body, but it is certainly not the state of her mind and soul. Cody Unser, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Catherine. This is a huge honor, and I'm so glad to finally meet you, and you're doing awesome work as well, um, really encouraging people to really kind of find their positivity and kind of what they can do to imprint and impact others. So oh, thank, thank you. you for having me on the show. It's awesome to have you here. And we're here in, in the absolute gorgeous northern New Mexico. And there is a deer right behind I know. you. <laughs> he, it's a buck, a young buck. There he is. The wildlife is just great having deer walking around us yeah, during this. Exactly. <laughs> I told you, so uh, when we grew up, we would always spend our winters here in Chama, New Mexico and on snowmobiles. And um, I was kind of born into sort of an active family with auto racing. And so naturally, all of us kids were kind of active as well. So I have listeners from around the world who may not know who the Unser family is. So maybe you want to give us a little background first yeah, on I, the Unser family, and then we can go to Cody. <laughs> yeah, so my um, uh, my dad is Alan Sir Jr., my grandpa is Alan Sir Sr., and then my uncle Bobby, Bobby Unser Sr., they kind of, uh, racing is part of our blood, and we have um, nine Indy 500 wins, um, so it's kind of... Uh, born into my mom always called it kind of a traveling circus where every summer we would pack up and either travel you know by plane by bus to wherever our parents were and then the whole summer just travel along and um, kind of be involved in this crazy world of auto racing so and I think that's kind of what's sort of helped me is kind of having uh, sort of a winning spirit is you know you no one wants to lose but for me it's you know it's kind of in life I want to win at different things and for me you know after I became paralyzed it was what can I do with this you know I have a sort of a well-known last name and this obviously happened to me for a reason so I wanted to create a purpose for it I didn't want it to mean anything you know less and so uh, that's when my mom and I started the Cody Unset First Step Foundation. But it was, I mean, it was a long journey personally for me uh, because I was 12 years old in the sixth grade and woke up on February 5th, 1999, like any other day. 
and went to school. And then I went to basketball practice after school. And that's when things started to sort of change. I had a hard time uh, like catching my breath. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. And then my coach said, just sit out, you know, and, and rest a little bit. And then that's when I got the most painful migraine I've ever felt. So the school called 911 and they put me in the locker rooms um, just to get away from all the kids and uh, somewhere quiet. They laid me down and that's when my left leg went completely numb and my right leg was kind of tingling. And this happened like in a matter of 20 minutes. That's so, so scary. I was scared out of my mind, yes. not knowing what was happening. Uh, and then I went to the hospital to obviously, you know, figure out what was happening. And I, I remember so vividly, I was, you know, this little girl in this gigantic emergency room wheelchair. And ERs are crazy anyways, but internally I was freaking out. You know, my something's wrong with my body, you know. But I, so they did kind of, you know, test. Um, they, they wanted me to see if I can go to the bathroom. They were just trying to get any sort of connectivity going on. But I couldn't urinate. I didn't feel like I had to. But uh, my parents were going through a divorce at the time. So the doctors at the hospital thought I was making it up or that I was like extremely dehydrated. So they sent me home and said, just drink lots of fluids. You'll be OK in the morning. And I couldn't walk. I was oh my paralyzed. Um, my grandpa actually had to carry me you know, from the wheelchair at the ER to the car and then carry me to the bed when we got to the house. Um, so I was like, okay, well, if the doctors say I'm okay, then I'll wake up and, you know, um, go to my basketball game that I had been hoping to go to. So, so did you think that it was part of your, uh, going, your psychosis, I guess, <laughs> going through the divorce? I, no, I, I definitely knew something was wrong. Okay, like there's, but they wouldn't listen to you. Right, yeah. Um, and this, I mean, this happens a lot with transverse myelitis. It gets misdiagnosed. Um, that's really one of the main reasons why we started the foundation was to really wait, raise awareness um, because it gets misdiagnosed. It's, it's a rare autoimmune disorder. There's about 2,500 cases around the country. So it's, it's something that, you know, needs to be paid attention to because when it happens to you, it's a devastating, you know, in the moment, you know, your whole entire world changes. And so, so, so when I got when I went back to the house, I woke up and my belly was extended because I couldn't urinate. But they said drink lots of fluids. So my primary care came to the house and she said, "Cody, let's put you in the bathtub to see if like the water will help you go to the bathroom." And so she put me in the bathtub, and that's when I literally broke down crying uh, because I couldn't feel like the texture or the temperature of the water. So something's really wrong. Um, so we went back to the hospital and within about, you know, a week or two of, of more tests, an MRI, um, you know, they took spinal fluid from my, my spine, um, they came back with transverse myelitis. And so it's kind of, I mean, just being a kid and not knowing, you know, okay, now what? <laughs> now I know what it's called, but now what? You know, I want to walk again, you know, this isn't me, you know? so. I spent about two months in the hospital, and uh, after those two months, they said, all right, Cody, you're gonna go to rehab. And no one told me what rehab was. I thought, oh, they're gonna teach me how to walk again. You know, I was, oh, this is all gonna be over soon. Far from it, though. Um, so I went to rehab at the Barrows Neurological Institute in Phoenix, 
Um, and that's when I learned how to live my life in this, you know, wheelchair or box, how I used to refer to it as. Just learning how to bathe myself, dress myself, um, transfer from like the wheelchair to a toilet, into a car. Um, I got to wheel, how to learn how to wheel through grass, like, you know, we're here in your beautiful wilderness, but how to sort of wheel through different terrains, basically. And, um, but it was, it was frustrating. I was very confused. You know, this isn't my identity. How can I, how can I be this person? Um, internally, I was thinking that, you know. Uh, and also, I thought, you know, half of a body meant half of an existence. Like, I'm not going to be able to do the things I used to do. And I just felt my world suddenly be limited. <laughs> There's no, no cure, right? Even yeah. before it's, even when it's diagnosed early on, right? That's yeah, I mean, there's treatment, so if it gets I mean, once somebody gets diagnosed with transverse myelitis, the sort of general treatment that's been kind of um, known is steroids to shut the immune system off. Um, and then d depending on the person in the case, Gabby Goblin or something like that uh, is like another treatment, you know. Um, so it can only be treated, but there is no cure, you know. It's once it's, it's kind of related to MS. Most people are familiar with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. So transverse myelitis is considered a cousin of MS. The difference is tr transverse myelitis is like one instant moment of paralysis. Whereas MS, you know, it gets worse over time. You know, you have bouts of um, inflammatory responses. So, but it's, it, they're both autoimmune disorders, you know, so um, encouraging the medical community to study it and, you know, trying to find a cure. You know, when it happens to you, it's devastating. And so you try to, you know, make life worth living by doing different things so but yeah no no cure as of now okay and it usually hits young uh it kind of varies really there's no i mean it all ages okay. yeah the one big thing that uh has been happening is um acute flaccid myelitis and that's been hitting kids around the country um it's like spiked over you know between fall and winter so i always tell my friends you know um who now have uh children you know just uh, you know, pay attention to your baby's, you know, movements and stuff like that, because it's, it's really hit the, this country hard. And So what are the symptoms? So it's kind of, it's the same, it's similar to transverse myelitis, but it's, it's acute flaccid myelitis that it really affects the brain more so, but it's also the spinal cord. So, but it's, it hits younger children. So, but it's, it's been all over the news and they're wondering, you know, if COVID's going to really impact it. You know, definitely pay attention. <laughs> yes. So after rehab, I uh, went back home to Albuquerque. And that's when, I mean, the real depression kind of set in because it was my whole entire room was the same as I left it when I was walking. And so now rolling into it, I'm different now. So just looking into the mirror, we had to do some modifications and stuff like that. But it was, for me, an internal journey of just, you know, trying to wrestle with the fact that I'm paralyzed now. I've got to, you know, not only paralyzed, but now I have to deal with bladder and bowel dysfunction and um, spasms and nerve pain. And um, these are sort of secondary conditions that a lot of people don't think about when, you know, they see somebody in a wheelchair or so learning how to cath myself, you know, because I can't contract my bladder. So just learning all those kind of things, you know, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. Um, and so that's, you know, really why uh, I really wanted to start something. This had to have happened to me for a reason. 
And my mom and I just took on the challenge of starting a nonprofit. And uh, really, awareness was the big issue. Um, and then advocacy was another sort of pillar um, or mission part of the foundation. Uh, we kind of threw ourselves into the world of paralysis and kind of understanding not only like spinal cord injury research, but also quality of life programs. Like what's out there for people with disabilities to do? I wanna live my life as fully as possible, but you know, we live in such a, what I call concrete worlds. We live in a world where accessibility isn't always uh, friendly. <laughs> so we're always bombarded with boundaries and you know, and oh, how sure. do we live our life to the fullest when the world is kind of shutting doors and saying no. and society has to yes. wrestle with, you know, um, these So you're kind of almost issues. having to also, with your foundation, help change the conversation when it comes to people with disabilities. Right, right, for sure. And I, I loved that role. I loved being kind of out there and sort of changing people's perceptions. And um, we partnered, uh, we did a lot of work with the Christopher and Dana Ree Foundation. When Chris was alive, I got to meet him, and he was, you know, I watched him as Superman. Right. We all uh, did. Right. And for listeners, that's Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve, yeah, was sort of my Superman as a, as a young girl. And then um, when he became paralyzed, he became the face of paralysis and kind of really champion, uh, championing, like, you know, uh, not only research, but also quality of life, how to help other people, you know, sort of regain their purpose again. So meeting him was like, I mean, it was the best thing ever. Oh, that's so, so sweet. <laughs> um, but we, we started working with his team and, and kind of advocating for stem cell research. And I really learned, you know, kind of as a young girl, um, language matters, you know, when it comes to policymaking and how to um, talk to politicians about a, kind of a controversial issue. But I really, I, that was a whole learning curve for me, too, is just kind of understanding that one voice does have power. Even though Christopher Reeve, I mean, that's pretty much all he had. He, you know, he was a quadriplegic and I, can, you know, I feel so lucky I can move my arms and I can go where I want to go. And, you know, but he definitely taught me that one voice does have power. And, you know, you don't have to wait for something bad to happen to you to make a difference. You know? Thank you for um, saying that. And that yeah. is so true. Or to somebody else. Right. It's time every single day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anybody can make a difference. You know, you don't have to you know, wait for something bad to happen to you in order for you to experience something, you know. Um, so I really, you know, try to push that message as well. So and then um, kind of, you know, kind of learning more about, you know, how I can make a difference. Um, I was still kind of personally just struggling with depression and not really, you know, I, w I wanted my life to like, how can I be OK with myself? <laughs> and my older brother, Al, he uh, was like, OK, Cody, you're going to learn how to scuba dive. And I was like, what? There's wow. no way. So it, was, it was your brother that, what made him decide, did he do any research learning about? So, yeah, so the interesting thing is before I became paralyzed, uh, my mom, um, my dad, and my, my brother Al, they got certified in scuba diving. So it was something that my sister Shannon and I, you know, we, we thought we were going to do once we turned 12 because that's the age. 
that you have to be. And so, you know, once I turned 12, I became paralyzed and everything got put on the back burner, so to speak. So, um, so basically Al just motivated me. He was tired of, you know, watching me be so sad and, um, not really, you know, liking myself, hating myself. Um, I would like stab my legs with pens and, oh, well, if the doctors think I'm making it up, maybe I am. So I would throw my body out of my, out of bed onto the floor and just, um, really just, you know, was, uh, striving to find my identity. And so when I learned how to scuba dive, it, I mean, literally that took all the depression away, the sadness, um, because I was doing something final, like I was doing an activity that had nothing to do with me being paralyzed. Um, because in rehab, everything was about the chair, everything, you know, centered around, you know, the wheelchair. And so being, uh, learning how to scuba dive took all that away. And I was doing something with my family and friends, uh, when I got certified and it's a challenging sports, you know, it's also a dangerous one, you know, so there's so much to learn. Um, putting the wetsuit on and off is always, you know, hard for anybody, but for people with disabilities, it's even harder. So that's what I loved about it was that it was a challenge that had nothing to do with, you know, paralysis or, or me being in the wheelchair. It's just a challenging sport itself. So when I got certified uh, in Cozumel, it was our last dive. And on our way, when we were on the boat, I was with my mom, my older brother, our scuba instructor. And it was kind of like an aha moment. I, you know, we were on our way back to the dock and I was like, mom, this is the best thing ever. I feel like I can do anything now. Nothing's impossible. Oh, like that is so awesome. Said. That is, that's, Cody, so, that's great. Yeah, so I felt like, all right, I can go to school. I can go to college. I can, you know, learn how to drive. Suddenly, like, the world didn't seem so, you know, f full of limits. And so I was like, Mom, we got to start a quality life program. So this was diving. you who, you were the one that were, you were so inspired. Mm -hmm that it was you going to your mom. Your identity was already coming through mm -hmm. as to whom you truly, truly are. You just had to get yourself out. Right, yeah, exactly. I, I felt, um, I don't know if you've ever been scuba diving, but for, for those of you listening who have either tried it or have it, the moment that you go underwater, uh, it's just so peaceful. You don't hear anything besides your breathing. And so just... Incredible, Cody Unser. Music accompanying Cody's incredible journey is composed by Chris Knoll, Miles to Go. You can listen to part two with Cody Unser next week. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe or follow this podcast, Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?